1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and the expert on all matters real estate is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Hi, Tina. Hi, Asif. Let's start with a wrap-up. Here we are, the first weekend in March. How did February look? Well, actually, do you remember a couple of weeks ago I walked in and I was saying February is going to be absolutely brutal. What a crazy month. And, and it was probably the the worst totals that we looked at in, in a year. I do recall that because you're rarely negative And it was one of those days where you came in and said, oh, it's not looking good for February. That's Things right. have changed? Things have. So since then, I mean, the weather plays such a huge role. And, and the nicer weather saw us rebound. And we sold more houses in February than in January. And we, we were coming off the coattails of a very strong January. And that's why the beginning of February was such a shock. And the latter part of February, it just picked up. And, you know, we did better in January, which was a surprise for sure. And I know we saw... um a few more mild temperatures, double digits, um, you know, in late February. Does that really have an impact? It sure does. That five-day spell around Family Day, remember there was 150 homes that sold in York Region. Wow. So that that helped a lot, and that continued. That momentum just continued from Family Day weekend on till the end of the month. And the new numbers for March are going to come out in a couple of days. And Sorry, for February are going to come out in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to see is... We're going to see numbers a lot better than in January. So that's that's been huge. The average price in every community in York Region went up except for Georgina and Newmarket. And and relatively, they remained about the same as they, they were for last year at that time, or sorry, last month at that time. And what we'll see is, you will hear in the news a lot about how February was down 50% from January 2017. But as we've mentioned so many times, uh, January and February 2017 were absolutely horrible uh, to compare to because there were aberrations. It was crazy hot during that time. And when we look at February compared to what happened at the end of January, we're going to see that Prices are continuing to climb, inventory is starting to go down, and the market is heating up. And you said the average price is what in, across the region? So the average price, like if we look at uh, January and February, you're looking at uh, about a 5% increase uh, roughly mm-hmm. across the board in each area. Uh, Aurora's gone up. East Willemberry has gone up. Uh, Georgina was down a little bit. King's up. Markham's up. King's actually exactly the same as they were for January. Uh, Markham's gone up. Newmarket is uh, off a little bit. Richmond Hill has gone up. Vaughn has gone up. Richard so Stouffville has gone up. the price of a home is continuing to go up. Yes, it is. Yeah. And so the advice to anyone kind of sitting on the fence is what? Jump in before it gets... For buyers, yeah. you have to jump in because even even a nominal increase like 2% or 1%, that's taking away from the money that you have saved up for your down payment. 
So as it continues to go up, your money that's sitting around isn't earning that same rate. So you're starting to lose buying power. So you got to get in right away. For sellers, the strength of the market right now, you want to get on the market before everyone else does. So this is a perfect time. I mean, the perfect time to sell was probably two weeks ago, but you want to jump on now before everyone gets their homes ready over March break and they're starting to hit the market because in a subdivision where there's only five or six different types of model that the builder has come up with, the only differentiating factor is going to be price. So if there's three of the same model on, the only thing differentiating it is going to be price. So you want to make sure that you're on first. You're on first. Okay. I know off the air you shared a story with me, and I'm hoping you can share it with our listeners as well, how one of your clients got a really good deal. It was, and and it didn't really have to do with the market. But what happened was we found out uh, after there was no disclosure about this. And and we're going to get into this a little bit more later on in the show, too. But the furnace and the air conditioner were listed as brand new. So we thought we were getting a pretty good deal. Brand new furnace, brand new air conditioner. Two weeks before closing, the lawyer called and said, by the way, there's no disclosure on this but the furnace and air conditioner are rented items. They're leased. They're not owned. So we had to go back to the sellers to say, hey, you didn't tell us that these were leased and not owned because that's going to take away from the value of this home. And uh, what they didn't realize that even though the furnace was only about $7,500 and the air conditioner was about $3,000, the payout was over $17,000 for these items. Because if you're paying out that lease contract early, there's a lot of penalties and interest that you have to come up with. And who's on the hook for that? Is that the buyer or the seller? And I guess that's what you're negotiating. It was the seller because the the company had put a lien on the property, and that's how our lawyer found out that these were leased items. The homeowner thought that, yeah, no problem, we can just pay this off when we Mm -hmm. close, and this was the price of it. But they didn't realize that there was a lot of penalties and interest that they had to pay as well. And as you said, we're going to talk a lot more about rental items, including the furnace, the AC, um, even alarm systems a little bit later on in the show. So before we take a break, Asif, let's turn our attention to um, your hot listing of the week. What can you tell us? So the hot listing of the week, I'm, I'm going in a different direction this week because we have picked something that they're not making more of, and that's land. Mm. So if you're looking to build a a home in Markham, there's not a lot of opportunities in terms of vacant land, but we have a lot that's 60 feet by 124 feet on Treeline Court in Markham. This is in the Boxwood community. Very, very prestigious street. There's multi-million dollar homes on this street. This is a ravine lot. It's on a cul-de-sac. Treeline Court is on a, it's a cul-de-sac. And, uh, it's you know you're surrounded by Boxwood Public School, Father McGivney. Uh, you've got you're in the Markham District High School uh, area. You've also got uh, the state of the art new community center that they just built on 14th Avenue right there. So and all this, the amenities are already there. Already there, and you could build a home on this size lot. You can build a home that's up to 6,000 square feet, and this lot is being offered at one and a half million dollars, and Sometimes what happens is banks will not finance vacant land. So there's a vendor take back available. What that means is the seller will lend you money to buy this property. Wow. And is there room to negotiate when you're buying just land or is the price almost fixed? It depends. The price depends on where the lot is located. 
one and a half million dollars for a lot of this size on treeline court is a very good deal. So, I mean, the the actual selling price will be a negotiation between the buyer and the seller and it's what they come up with, but it's a very good deal. So if anyone's looking to build a luxury home in the Markham area, this is where you want to put it. And where can they go for more information on this uh, piece of property, piece of land? Give us a call at REMAX Prime Properties at 905-554-5522, and we'll get you the info. Terrific. Asif, we also have a giveaway for our listeners this week. You could win tickets to the National Home Show. That's coming up real soon, March 9th to 18th at Exhibition Place in Toronto. Just go to our website, 1059theregion.com, click on On the Market, and fill out the online ballot for a chance to win two tickets to the show. When we come back, the problems with rental items that it can cause in a home sale. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Thank you, Tina. Joining us now is Marco Polsonelli. Marco's a lawyer with almost 20 years of experience focusing on real estate law. He oversees a real estate practice at MP Law Professional Corporation with offices in Whitby, Stouffville, Thornhill, and Richmond Hill. Marco, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, Asif and Tina. I'm looking forward to the chat. Marco, we uh, we were just talking about one of our clients that uh, uh, was purchasing a home, and at the last minute, we found out that the furnace and air conditioner were leased, not owned. So we had to do a a pretty significant adjustment, and the seller wasn't happy. Tell us about some horror stories. You probably come across stuff like this a lot, you know, 20 years in the business. Well, I do. And um, actually, unfortunately, the scenario you describe is becoming more common, not less common. And the reason for that is that uh, more and more people are signing on to these uh, deferred payment rental contracts. Um, so what we're talking about here, Asif, is um, you know you, you might need your furnace replaced or your hot water tank, um, or you might be convinced that you need them replaced. And uh, there are companies out there that uh, will facilitate that. Um, but then as opposed to charging you a one-time fee, they'll give you an option or they'll require you to pay um, over a long period of time. And it's, it, those are called deferred payment rental contracts. So uh, they're becoming more and more popular, but um, like anything that's becoming popular, it's important for buyers and sellers in, in real estate to understand how that can affect uh, their transaction. It's it's like the car leasing phenomenon, isn't it? Because I've heard clients or clients have called me and said, "Hey, I need a new furnace," and this company just came in and said that they would install one for free and I would lease it from them, and every five years or eight years they would replace it again for free. I would get a brand new furnace and they would maintain it three times a year at no charge, and they get. They get sucked into this and they think that it's such a good deal and, and such good value because every eight years they're getting their furnace replaced. But in the end, it takes away from the value of the house because everyone else that's selling their house owns their furnace. And that's what people don't seem to understand, right? Yeah, no, that's absolutely the case. And there may be good reasons for some people to uh, to sign on to a 
deferred payment uh, rental contract. For example, um, you know, if income's an issue and, and you can't uh, pay for everything up front and you absolutely need those items changed, um, that kind of makes sense. I, I think there's, unfortunately, a lot of people that uh, just assume that there's really no repercussions for kind of spreading out their payments over a long period of time. The other thing you have to consider is that many of these contracts actually re- um, uh, make it, uh, well, not really effectual to to pay out the whole rental contract. So some people have in their minds that, well, you know what, if I, if I don't want to continue these payments over time, that I can just pay the remaining value on the contract. But but really what they're not understanding is that the payout amount doesn't really represent um, the fair market value of the items that they're renting. So, Marco, so, just so um, I'm understanding oh, this correctly, ahead, that's okay, um, and I'm sorry for interrupting, but just so I understand it, can an, a new buyer not just come in and take over that rental agreement? So, Tina, they absolutely can, um, but I guess the issue is that many people are not aware. So new buyers, in many cases, are not aware of the terms of the rental contract, and so that's really a point of, of some caution. Um, so what I would suggest is that for um, buyers, that they really understand what rental contracts are in place on the property. And so there's simple ways of doing that. Um, obviously, working with a realtor makes a lot of sense in this case because um, you can ask your realtor to, to let you know and to ask the seller's realtor uh, what rental contracts are in place. Um, you know, if they know that that's a concern for you, then obviously they can get a copy of the rental contract and you can review it before the deal goes firm. Um, and that's pretty critical because you want to know what you're getting into before you agree to assume a rental contract. Um, so you, you can certainly assume it, but some people are not comfortable once they review the terms of that contract that it's something that they do want to assume. Um, if it's a, you know, a $20 or $30 charge per month, many people are comfortable with that, say if there's just a hot water tank involved. But in many cases now, there's quite a few items that get wrapped up in these consolidated contracts. There could be anything um, like a furnace, a hot water tank, uh, air purifiers, air conditioners, and so the monthly cost could be quite substantial. Um, so for buyers, you know, it's my advice that you don't want to have surprises, right? Uh, I don't like surprises, and I, I think most people out there don't want to have surprises. So just know what it is you are assuming before you agree to assume a rental contract. You know, the and with furnaces and hot water tanks that have always been rental units or are very commonly rented, but furnace, air conditioning, like you said, air cleaners, these are new. They, the rel- I mean, relatively new because they've only we've only seen rental agreements for these in the last couple of years. But one of the things that we have the biggest problem with is alarm systems. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Asif. So, so again, and we're seeing more and more of those situations where alarm systems. There's a rental contract attached to them that requires the uh, the homeowner to pay over an extended period of time a monthly amount. And so, um, and again, the terms of the contract are, are critical, right? Because some of these contracts are quite fair. Um, they allow for termination rights, for example, that you can get out of them upon certain amount of notice. But other contracts are not necessarily as fair. And so uh, the, buyer, the, the individual who's signing the contract and any subsequent buyer could be finding themselves in a situation that they don't want to be in, where they are stuck with, um, with paying a long-term lease or uh, facing a very large payout to terminate the lease. So, again, with anything, and this is not rocket science, but, you know, just be careful about what it is you're either signing, if uh, you're being asked to sign one of these contracts, or if you're a buyer, 
uh, just understand what you are assuming if you're being asked to assume it. Uh, you'd asked earlier, Asif, about you know types of horror stories, and I'll give you a couple examples. Um, so on the seller side, uh, one of the things that people should be aware of when they sign these contracts is that many of the contracts actually contain a clause or a series of clauses that allows the uh, rental company to register a lien effectively on your title. So not only are you agreeing to a long-term rental agreement, but you're actually agreeing to allow them to encumber or, or register a notice on your title that, um, that effectively acts like a second mortgage uh, in many cases. And the reason why it does is because if you ever want to go ahead and sell uh, or refinance your property, that, um, that lien has to be taken care of. And so you can take care of it by either um, assuming it again, or in some cases the rental company will postpone it to a new mortgage, um, or, or it requires you to pay it out at that time. So that's, that's really the big issue for uh, individuals that are looking to sign these long-term contracts, is that you have to understand that in many cases now, it's not just a contract between you and that that company, it actually goes on your title, and it, it's something that needs to be dealt with. And that's why the scenario that you described is what's happening more and more on closings, because uh, if the buyer did not agree to assume that contract, then the seller needs to pay it all out then. And recall my earlier comment that sometimes the, the payout amount does not reflect the fair market value of those items. That's right, and that's exactly what had just happened because we didn't find out the the uh, furnace was a rental item until the lawyer did the title search two weeks before closing, and and thus an adjustment had to take place because the buyers had not agreed to take over this contract. Absolutely. So so yes, that's the seller nightmare scenario where you know you didn't really appreciate um, all the implications of signing that contract, and then on a closing where you're trying to sell your house, this is the last thing you really need to be worrying about. But unfortunately, you do need to to fix it. And to give you an idea, um, and as if I think I think uh, your scenario was probably like this, the amount to pay out some of these contracts is is quite. Uh, in many cases, quite high. Like I've seen some where, you know, there's a few items, um, hot water tank, furnace, air conditioner, and air purifier, but the payout, and so, you know, you would think the fair market value of those items is a couple thousand dollars each at most, but in some cases, the payout amount can exceed $20,000. So, um, again, you know, these are surprises that uh, sellers uh, who have signed these contracts in some cases, again, not in every case, because many cases people are aware of what they're signing, but in some cases they're not. And then this becomes a huge surprise on closing where they're having to pay out a significant amount that they didn't, uh, they didn't think they'd have to pay out. And, and a lot of these are surprises to even the, the homeowner that's selling. And, and when they purchase these items, or sorry, at least these items, I don't think they fully understand what they're getting into. Do you see kind of like how cell phone companies were mandated to only have two-year contracts? Do you see anything like that happening? Because some of these contracts are crazy. They're eight years, 10 years, 15-year contracts, and people are getting sucked into them because of a low monthly payment rather than an upfront cost. It's almost better to go get a line of credit and just put everything on there and not have to worry about stuff like that. But do you see anything coming out for companies that are doing this to protect buyers and sellers? You know, I wish I I, I could say I 
I do see something coming. I don't know that it's kind of a front burner topic for uh, for the government to tackle. I do think there is a consumer protection and disclosure issue that really needs to be addressed. And this is, you know, just from where I sit, um, having to deal with a lot of these issues on closing where people really did not appreciate what they were signing. And then we have real real life consequences to that. So, you know, you know, I'm not, not in government, uh, but obviously uh, individuals that have the ability to, to change some policy on this, I really think there's a, a, a real need to, uh, to look at this closely because I can tell you a lot of these cases, as you can imagine, it's, um, it's individuals maybe that are elderly that have signed these contracts and didn't appreciate what, uh, what they were signing. Um, I think that's a real consumer protection issue that the government needs to tackle. But, um, but in any event, Currently, unfortunately, there uh, there's, doesn't seem to be much regulation in the space. And again, you know, not to tar everybody with the same brush, because I'm sure there's other companies that might be out there that are providing full disclosure of that. But I've just seen too many scenarios where, where there's just way too many surprises where people didn't really appreciate what it is they were signing. It's, it's almost like before a seller goes ahead and puts these into their property, they should get some legal advice on on the contract itself, maybe send that to a lawyer to have them review it. And and if they're thinking of selling in the next couple of years or even that year, they should probably get the proper advice uh, on that contract. I would love to see that, Asif. Um, I can tell you, unfortunately, that I rarely get an opportunity to review a long-term rental contract. It's usually something that we're having to deal with well after it's signed, but that's great advice. Um, the bottom line is if you're being asked to sign a pretty – you know, significant contract. Um, it's always a good idea to, to have somebody who's in the business of reviewing contracts take a look at it for you. So I'd love to start seeing that uh, more and more. Um, the other thing you can do is even if a contract is signed, um, I think the lesson here is that uh, for sellers of real estate, um, you really need to disclose everything that you've signed as far as rental contracts for the property to your agent. Um, it, there's no point for this to be become an issue that comes up right at closing because that can really complicate things. So if you have actually signed one of those long-term rental contracts and you're, are, you're thinking or you're about to list your property, this is a discussion you want to have with your realtor. You sit down and say, hey, look, at, you know, I've signed this long-term rental contract. Let's take a look at it. Um, because then there's certain things that the agents can do um, where they either um, you know, they disclose that and it, it's assumed by the buyer. I mean, obviously, that's the best case scenario for a seller. Uh, but if not, at least you want to know going in how that might affect um, what needs to happen on closing, for example, if it needs to be paid out. Marco, thank you very much for sharing your expertise with us. Not a problem. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Marco. And if you'd like to get in touch with Marco, you can contact him at marco at yorkregionlawyer.ca. When we come back, we get to your real estate questions. And just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com and click on On the Market. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Time now for our listener questions. Ready, Asif? I'm ready. Okay, here it goes. Uh, the first question comes from Sarah in Richmond Hill. Um, they hope to be selling their home in the spring, and she's not a fan of open houses. She wants <laughs> your take. Is the open house a must-do to sell her house? 
Wow, Sarah, this is a great question. We get this at almost every listing presentation. And here's the thing with open houses. Open houses will give you a lot of exposure because as people are coming to visit neighbors and such and they're thinking of moving into your area, it's a great way to expose them to the property. So with open houses, public open houses, you're going to get a lot of nosy neighbors that are going to come in and see how you decorate. You're going to get people just coming in because it's a nice day out and they're walking on the street. You're going to get a few buyers as well. The reality is less than 1% of home sales are due to open houses. So it's not necessarily going to sell your house, but it's going to give you some exposure. Here's the other side of it, though. If you have too many open houses, it's going to give you negative attention. People are going to say, wow, that house has an open house again, and it still hasn't sold. So there's two sides to it. We usually recommend one public open house for exposure. And the more important open house is a realtor open house. You want to get your realtor to invite all the other realtors that work the area, sell in the area into the home so that they get a personalized tour of the property so that if they're bringing clients in, they're not coming in blind. They already know all the upgrades. They've been through the home. That's the more important open house to have. It's the realtor open house. The public open house, you could have one. It's good for exposure, but anything more than two or three. Some people will say, I will list my house with you if you do an open house every Saturday, every Sunday uh, between 12 and 5, and that's not a good idea. So the open house doesn't cause or create the bidding war scenario? No, it, it provides exposure. Exposure is what brings people to your house. So... But if you have too many open houses, it's going to be it's going to work against you. And is the online virtual tool tool uh, or tour rather um, a good option? Does that is that effective? It's a great option because now people can go through your home without actually leaving their computer or iPad. And augmented reality, we had uh, a, a company come on and talk about this before, but that's also going to help with open houses and things like that because now people can go through your home and change things and and they're not even in your home they're they're sitting behind a computer okay great so sarah it looks like at least one open house is on the horizon for you our next question comes from connie in maple she has a question about her parents home they will be moving into an assisted living residence and she needs to sell their house it's an older home very few renovations over the 40 years that they've owned it even the backyard pool hasn't been open for years um, there's just too much work uh, to do in this house. She says, what do I need to do to get it ready for sale? Because she wants to do very little. Connie, that's a great question as well. And this happens a lot. I mean, sometimes if a home hasn't been updated for many, many years, it's not worth putting that much money in to fix everything because it's going to be a wash or you're not going to make as much money off of it as you thought. Sometimes it might be best to evaluate the home and say, this is the best price that we can put on it without doing any renovations. Let's let whoever's coming in do it and they'll get a better price on it. They'll be happy because then they can do the work themselves. Sometimes when you have a house that's that uh, in need of that much work, you're going to start putting money into it and someone else is just going to come and rip it out anyway and they're still going to haggle on the price because they have to do that work. So the best thing for us to do is come through your house, let you know what you should do. Maybe it's just decluttering or or maybe it's even emptying the homes to showcase it for the new buyer. And that way you'll get a better idea on what you really need to do and what you can not do. Thank you, Asa, for the great advice. As usual, we'll catch up again next week. Thank you, Tina. That was great. 
And just a reminder, you could win tickets to the National Home Show. That's coming up real soon, March 9th to 18th at Exhibition Place in Toronto. Just go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Click on On the Market and fill out the online ballot for a chance to win two tickets to the show. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.